Welcome back for day three of our look through 2 Peter chapter 3. Yesterday, we began to look at one of the most important character qualities you need for living a forward-looking life, a hopeful life. You need the quality of patience. And we talked yesterday about the need to wait for the Lord instead of simply waiting for the answer. Today, we're going to talk about two other keys to looking forward with patience in your life. As you wait for whatever God has you to wait for, but most specifically in this part of 2 Peter, as you and I wait together for Jesus to come again. First, you wait for the Lord. Second, don't wait alone. Do not wait alone because you are not alone. There's a huge difference between waiting alone and waiting in a crowd of people that you know are with you. It's the difference between loneliness and fellowship. It's the difference between you get stuck in an airport somewhere because of weather and you're all alone and you have to be stuck there for six hours. It's a pretty lonely experience. But let's say you're in a group of 50 people and you're stuck there for six hours. It's an entirely different experience because you have fellowship. Now, it's not enough just to be in a crowd, obviously. There are some crowds you'd rather not be with. It has to be the right crowd. So let me introduce you to two crowds that can encourage you during a time of waiting. First, the crowd of all those people of faith in the Bible, all those people that had to wait, they can inspire your faith during a time of waiting. If you look through the scripture from A to Z, people had to wait. Abraham, who waited for a son named Isaac, all the way to Zechariah, who waited for a son named John, John the Baptist. They both waited until they were old men before their first child was born. From first to last in the Bible, people waited. From Genesis to Revelation, from Noah in Genesis waiting over a 100 years for the flood to come, to John in the book of Revelation, waiting on the island of Patmos, thinking he was about to die, and then God gave him the revelation. You look at the scriptures, and the list of people who waited is amazing. Paul and Nehemiah and Daniel and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Joseph and Mary and Peter and Joseph, another Joseph, David and Elijah and Ezra and Isaiah and Aaron and Adam and Esther and Ruth and Hannah and Hosea and Gideon and John the Baptist and Sarah and Leah and Martha and Lazarus and Joshua and Samuel and Caleb and Naaman and Naomi, and don't forget Job. That's just a short list of those who waited in the Bible. You do not wait alone. The fact that you're having to wait for something, that we're having to wait for Jesus to come again, does not mean that something is wrong with your faith. It is not that God does not hear your prayers. Waiting is a part of the life of every great person of faith who's ever lived, every great person of faith in the scriptures. You are not the first to wait, and you're not alone in your waiting. It's not like God is picking on you, making you wait. The Bible is simply full of stories of those who waited. As we said, Abraham, who waited 25 years for his son. Noah, who waited 100 years for a flood. The people of Israel, who waited 400 years to be set free from Egypt. And how long did the world wait for Jesus to come again once the promise had been made? Thousands of years. He waited in a crowd. And one of those crowds is all those people of faith in the scriptures. But you also wait in another crowd. The second crowd you wait in is the church, the church of Jesus Christ. Peter writes these words about waiting to the church. And this church of fellow believers was to encourage each other in their waiting. The church of fellow believers around you is to encourage you in your waiting. You are not alone. One thing I've had to learn in my life is that God did not design me to live my faith as an individual. One of the great American values is that of individualism, and there are some strengths to it, but there's a lot of weaknesses to it as well. 
It certainly is a weakness if you think you have to live your faith individually. You're not meant or made to live your faith all by yourself. I'll never forget one time on a prayer retreat by myself up in the mountains, talking about a struggle of faith I was going through. And God silently, in my mind, encouraged me, you got to share that struggle with other people, not just with me. you got to share it with the church so you don't wait alone. And he put this phrase in my mind, the waiting you're going through, it can be a lonely experience of failure or it can be a shared experience of trust. You get to choose. Who are you going to share it with? Who are you going to share it with? Now, one of the great scriptures about this crowd that we wait in is Hebrews chapter 12, which talks about being surrounded by those who have waited with faith, encouraging us on. So you are not alone. You wait on the Lord and you don't wait alone. And then there's a third thing to remember that will strengthen your waiting. Third thing to remember is God waits for you. God waits for you. Let me read 2 Peter 3, 9 that we read earlier in the New Century Version. The Lord is not slow in doing what he promised, the way some people understand slowness, but God is being patient with you. He does not want anyone to be lost, but he wants all people to change their hearts and lives. You want to strengthen your waiting, your wait ability? Then say these words in your mind. God is patient with me. God is patient with me. I think God's patience is one of his most incredible qualities. He watches me make the same mistakes again and again and again, and he still encourages me to grow. He watches me repeat the same sins, and he patiently forgives me and keeps working, keeps working to change me. You want to strengthen your weightability? Then say in your mind right now these words, God is patient with me. God is patient with me. So as you look at your life right now, the circumstances that you're facing, the patience of God we need in our daily circumstances. So you look at a business deal that you want to go through and it's not going through. And you feel like God is somehow ignoring the situation, the circumstance. He is not. He knows everything that's going on. But your timetable is not his timetable. One of the keys, actually, to understanding that is saying in your mind, God is patient with me, so I can certainly be patient as I wait for him to act. This is true in business. It's true in your family. As you wait for a circumstance, a person to change in your family, one of the hardest things to wait for is for a person to change. It can be heartbreaking because God does not force that change in their lives. He waits until they make that choice. He's working for that change, but he waits until they make that choice. So as you look at that person you're hoping, you're praying will change, and as maybe now you're getting a little frustrated that they're not changing fast enough, maybe you're frustrated with them, that they're not listening to God, they're not getting with the program, maybe you're frustrated with God, that he's not listening to you, he's not getting with the program. In your mind, you say these words, God is patient with me. So I can certainly be patient as God is working with them. And then in the very subject that Peter is talking to us about here, You look at the fact that we stay in this world waiting for Jesus to come again. And we want it to be any day because in that day that he comes again, we're going to be in his glory for all eternity. And yet we also want more people to repent. And you think about the truth, the fact that you had to repent, that there came a day when you had to say to Jesus Christ, I want to begin to live the life that you have for me. I personally am thrilled that Jesus waited until at least 1972 before he came again. Because 1972 is when I became a follower of Christ. What if Jesus had come in 1971? So when you recognize that truth, 
that God's working in the hearts of people, even living in this evil world, the struggles of this world, you say in your mind, God is patient with me. So I can certainly be patient for him to work in the lives of other people to bring them to him, bring them to faith, bring them to repentance. Now, God's work of patience is so that more people have the time to come to this place of repentance. So as we pray today, let's pray along with God's desire for that. And in your heart, just say, God, here's the name of one person I know that you're patiently working with right now. They haven't come to repentance yet, but I know you're working in their life. Just bring their name to your mind. Maybe it's a neighbor, somebody in your family, somebody at your school, your work. And just say, God, thank you that you're going to keep working. Thank you that you won't give up on them. Thank you that you're patient with them, just like you're patient with me. And in your patient work, I pray that you'd bring this person to repentance. And Lord, in your patient work in my life, I pray that you keep reminding me that I can trust in you, not just look for the answer. That I can wait in a crowd of people who are also waiting, not feel like I'm alone. And then I can remember that because you've been patient with me, you're obviously going to be patient with others. So I put that trust in you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to see Peter talking about the hope that we are patiently waiting for. (laughs) 